Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org, and I've got a really special guest on the air with me today. Let's see if you can guess who my guest is today from these clues. Okay, ready? Here we go. He, ha he earned an applied science degree from the Queensland Institute of Technology. He started his career teaching science. He moved to America in 1987 from Australia. He opened a 75,000 square foot creation museum in 2007, which has now had over 4 million guests. In 2016, he decided that a creation museum was not enough. He built a full-size Noah's Ark according to the dimensions given in the Bible, spanning 510 feet long, 85 feet wide, and 51 feet high. It's in Williams, Williamstown, Kentucky. And five years ago, this week, he debated Bill Nye, the science guy, arguing for the truth of creation and that evolution is not true. So far, uh, during that debate, somewhere around 3 to 4 million people tuned in to watch the debate live. And since then, somewhere around 20 million people have watched it all together, over 7 million views on YouTube alone. If you haven't figured it out by now, my guest today is Ken Ham. He is the CEO of Answers in Genesis. Ken, thanks so much for being on the program today. Hi, Kevin. Hi. It's great to be with you. Yeah, what a big blessing. You know, I, I think it's incredible. Um, you know, all that you've done here in America, you decided, hey, uh, America needs help. I'm going to leave Australia. I'm going to come to America. Is that right? <laughs> well, yeah, sort of like that. Actually, uh, when people say to me, you know, why, why did you build the Creation Museum and the Ark in America? Why did you come to America? Well, it's obvious that God brought us here, but I also believe that he brought us here because this is uh, the country which is really the center of the Christian world still, and center of the business world and it enables us to impact more people and really reach the world with the message of God's word and the gospel. That's fantastic. And you know, um the ark is uh, absolutely incredible what you've done there and building that and everything and I just wanted to you know, I want to make sure our guests know about it. It's amazing to me how many people still don't know about the ark's existence, but it's a incredible tool that you've um God inspired you to build along with your team. Uh, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, what was it that instigated that? What was it that you thought to yourself, you know what, I'm going to build a full-size ark? What started that process? Well, you know, it really goes back to my teaching days in Australia. In 1975, I became a science teacher. And when I took the first science class in the public school, students knew I was a Christian, and they said, sir, how can you be a Christian when we know the Bible's not true? And I said, mm -hmm. hey, no, the Bible's not true. Well, because of evolution in their textbooks and because there's no way Noah could have fitted all those animals on the ark. And, you know, over the years, as I have spoken around the world in all sorts of places, one of the most asked questions is, how could Noah get all the animals on the ark? In fact, Bill Nye brought it up at the debate at the Creation Museum here. He mocked me for believing in Noah's ark and said, you know, how can... How can you believe in Noah's Ark? You'd, you'd need millions of species on the Ark, which is simply not true. So, you know, we built the Creation Museum because that burden goes back to my teaching days and seeing students only go to evolutionist museums and wanting to have a Creation Museum. And really, the Creation Museum and the Ark, they're the two leading Christian-themed attractions in the world. But it, it's a way of taking a message, uh, the message of God's Word and the Gospel to a culture that it, it, it's different to what the church is doing, uh, for instance. And, you know, only 18% of millennials in this country go to church. And so how can we impact an increasingly secularized culture 
well, let's build attractions that answer skeptical questions that people have and uh, it helps them to get those answers and does it in a professional way, the same quality that Hollywood would do it. So people comment that it's the quality of Hollywood, it's the quality of Disney or even better, people would say. And let's do something that people are going to really say, I want to see that. And, you know, people have heard of Noah's Ark all around the world. And you have these little Noah's Arks in gift shops, these little bathtub arks with giraffes sticking out the chimney and all the rest of it. And people are familiar with the account of the flood because there are flood legends and cultures all over the world. So uh, while we're building the Creation Museum, we talked about what could we do next. And that has been one of the most asked questions. How can you believe in Noah's Ark? And your people are very familiar with it. And so we said, let's build a life-size ark. And that's what we did. It's the biggest timber-framed structure in the world, one and a half times the length of a football field. All three decks are filled with world-class exhibits and people come from all over the world and we have all sorts of other things as well we have a zoo and we have other outside features and we're just opening a 2500 seat uh, multi-purpose center and uh, that with the creation museum that's 45 minutes away uh, we have reached millions of people and uh, 30 percent of those who come are non-christian so it's an incredible way of uh, outreaching to the culture yeah that is amazingly effective i mean uh, nobody can argue. I'm, I'm sure you had a lot of naysayers, a lot of people saying, there's no way this is going to work. What are you doing wasting all your time and energy and money on something like this? But now, in retrospect, looking back on this and the impact that it's had, it's just phenomenal. Well, yeah, and we had naysayers, not just not just uh, secularists and uh, you know people who are against us uh, from the secular world, but also people from the church. And there are people who said, well, ha- you, you can't build something like uh, Disney, uh, Hollywood, you know, and, and, and impact people with the gospel, but we do. And, and then there were those that said, look, if you're overtly on about the Bible and on about the gospel, people aren't going to come. You're not going to reach people. You certainly won't reach non-Christians. Actually, non-Christians come in droves. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of buses come, different companies that put on these tours, and, you know, some of these tours, I mean, you'll smile at this, but there are tours. I just saw another one recently where they said they're going to go to the casino, then to the <laughs> Ark, then the Creation Museum, then they'll go to the zoo, Cincinnati Zoo, and maybe the Newport Aquarium or something, or the Bourbon Distillery Museum. Some of them <laughs> That's go great. To. And, uh, and, you know, it, it's interesting that 80% of the tour buses that come are secular tours. And these people are amazed, and and they say that the quality is amazing. I've I've spoken to some of the non-Christians that have come, and they say, you know what, it's just amazing to see this. And we saw information that we've never thought of before, and it challenged our thinking. And so, you know, it is having the impact. In fact, it's a greater impact than we even thought. Mm. And uh, so we praise the Lord for that. You know, yeah. if, you build, if you build it, they will come. Haven't I heard that before? Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll come to an ark, that's for sure. We know that. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's incredible because, you know, a lot of churches, they're wondering, like, hey, how do we do a better job of reaching out to people? How do we um, do a better job of impacting the people that need it the most, right? Christ said, I, I didn't come to save the— the, the people that already think they, they know it all, I came to, to save the lost, right? And so, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, Kevin, you know one way I know uh, that the Ark and the Creation Museum are so impactful? Uh, because, because of the way the atheists hate what we're doing, and they are so upset 
Did you know recently the Freedom From Religion Foundation, that are basically a group of atheists that bully people all across America to get rid of anything Christian, mm-hmm. they wrote letters to a thousand public schools. This is the second time they've done it. A thousand public schools uh, in five states surrounding the Ark and warned them, if you dare bring any of your students to the Ark on a field trip, well, you know, we're gonna, they implied they're going to sue them, that it's illegal, that it's against the First Amendment. They are so concerned that, that people might actually, students might actually get to hear some things that they don't normally hear and their thinking be challenged. The fact that the atheist opposes so much tells me, hey, we must be doing good. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, what's amazing to me is I teach in a Christian school, but I grew up in a public school, and I'm always amazed how many kids are dying to hear truth. They're dying to hear the information that, oh, yeah, no, the ark is a historical event. The ark would work. The ark would float. You know, there's been all these studies done answering all these people's questions. And if you're listening today, because uh, like Ken is saying, one of the biggest questions people have is, what about the flood? How would that all work? How would you fit all the animals? Where did all the water go? And Answers in Genesis, AnswersInGenesis.org, please go and visit their website. Um, I've used it numerous times um, it, to find answers uh, to, the, to the hard questions that pe- people ask. And they're not just, um, these are not shallow questions. These are questions about things like speciation and, and uh, you know, how did the kangaroos get to Australia off the ark and all kinds of stuff that people ask. And the answers are there for those that are willing to look. And uh, my guest today is Ken Ham. We're coming up on a quick break here. We're only going to be a minute, but um, stay with us, and we're going to let him answer some more questions about Noah's flood, the ark, um, the ark encounter, and also how you can make an impact. If you're a Christian out there today and you're wondering, hey, how can I make a difference? What can you do to be a light to your own community, to your neighbors, to your families, your friends, your coworkers? So stay with us. My guest today is Ken Ham. We're going to be right back. Educate for Life helps you build your life on the rock. LG Equipment helps builders build on good soil. Luke Gibson's team at LG Equipment is your local source for grading, demolition, hauling, and more. Learn about their bulk water services from trucks to tankers to towers at rentwatertower.com. Get your questions answered. Call LG Equipment at 619-988-0924. Learn more at lgequipment.com. 619-988-0924. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org, and I teach apologetics. And this is an apologetics radio program. It's a defense of the Christian faith, giving people answers, you know, apologizing. Uh, apologizing isn't necessarily um, about saying you're sorry, uh, at least the original meaning. It's about answering people uh, and giving a reason for the hope that lies within you. And my guest today is Ken Ham. He's been doing this all his life. His website is AnswersInGenesis.org. He has an incredible ministry that's focus is on helping people understand the truth of God's Word and answering the honest questions that people have about, hey, how did this all work? Um, and so, Ken, um, I, I think it would be fantastic for our listeners to hear a little bit about some of the questions that are answered by visiting the Creation Museum and 
the ARC exhibit, and um, you speak all over the place, too. Um, what kind of questions do you answer for people that, that they struggle with? Well, you know, that's the interesting thing. At the Creation Museum and the ARC Encounter, what we wanted to do was make sure that we answered for families, for kids, for adults, for teens, uh, the most asked questions that people ask today that are really attacks on the Bible, that they're skeptical questions uh, that really are aimed at saying, see, how can you trust the Bible? And, you know, as I've traveled all over the world, uh, it doesn't matter what country I've been in, it can be a third world country. When people know you're on about the Bible, on about Christianity, they ask the same basic questions. You believe the Bible? How do you know there's a God? Well, where did God come from? Well, well, um, wait a minute, where do all the races of people come from? Uh, and and where did black people and white people come from? And how did Noah get all the animals on the ark? And uh, is there any evidence for the flood? And where did Cain get his wife? And we answer all those questions. Dinosaurs. We have a, a dinosaur exhibit, in fact, at the Creation Museum. And just, just to give you an idea, you know, when I debated Bill Nye uh, five years ago, and millions of people have seen that debate, but one of the things he did was mock me for believing in Noah's Ark, saying that, oh, there were millions of species that would need to be on board and how silly it was, you know, for me to believe that that could have been a real history. But actually, that, that's what our children are going to hear. Mm. And we need to give them the answers. And it's not millions of species. It was only the land animal kinds that went on the Ark, the land-dwelling, air-breathing animals. It wasn't sea creatures. And the Bible says two of each kind or seven pairs of some but what does the word kind mean? It comes from the Hebrew uh, mean. And when you look at the word kind, we would say, from all the scientific research we've done, that it corresponds in our uh, classification system, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Well, the, class, uh, the kind level in the Bible would correspond more with the family level in our classification system. So when you look at dogs, for instance, lots of different species of dogs and different genera of dogs, but we can show how they can all interbreed to one degree or another, how they're all connected, because there's all only one dog family. So only needed two dogs on the ark, and because of all the genetic information God had already put in the dog kind, after the ark, as the dogs increased in number, moved away from each other, different combinations survive uh, better in different areas, and you get to different species. It's, it's called natural selection and it operates on the information already there. You know, we look at the domestic varieties of dogs we have, like the poodles and the chihuahuas and so on, and they've been bred within the last few hundred years, and we do that artificially by determining which breeds with which. Well, in nature, it's called natural selection, and that's how you get your different species. So Noah only needed the separate kinds, and far fewer kinds uh, than... Uh, most people realize. And so at the ARC, we have these exhibits we actually teach uh, so that kids and mums and dads can understand the concept of kinds and show them that there was tons of room on the ARC and we answer those questions for them. And then we go on with, with other questions. Well, what about what about the races of people? Well, there aren't any different races. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. There's only one race. Uh, and the Tower of Babel after the flood was an event that caused people to move away from each other because they spoke different languages and so different combinations of genes end up in different groups they develop different cultures so there aren't any different races and we explain things like skin color we're all the same color just different shades we have a pigment called melanin it's a brown pigment and you can have a lot of it and be very dark but you're not truly black 
and you can have a little bit and be very light, but you're not truly white. There are no white people. There are no black people. We're all one family. We're all equal before God. We we are all sinners. We all need uh, salvation in Christ. And so we have exhibit after exhibit. Like at the Creation Museum, it's really a walk through the Bible. It's what we call the seven seas of history. We start at Genesis, and you go through to Revelation, and we answer questions all the way through. And we have all these life-size exhibits and a planetarium and a 4D theater with better 3d than you'll see at the movie theaters with infrared interactive glasses and outside the beautiful gardens and we have a petting zoo and we teach about kinds there and some of the best zip lines you'll find anywhere oh, uh, sounds, sound, uh, sounds like fun i'm sold i'm i'm, I'm on my way <laughs> <laughs> that's a great museum and then the ark and all its exhibits and zip lines and and the zoo and and we have an animal active stage and all sorts of things. So, yeah, you'll you'll have to come visit. It, you know, um, I, I just think it's uh, incredible. And you mentioned there that you're you're doing scientific research, too. So um, I, I read on your website that you employ somewhere around 1,200 people. Is that right? Yes, at our peak time because, you know, in the season uh, when people are traveling and the vacation season, we have to bring in a lot of seasonals. So we mm-hmm. have about 750 uh, full-time staff and as that increases by another 400 plus uh, as uh, you know as spring approaches from sure. there through to the end of the year and uh, yeah. we and included in that is a number of scientists by the way that we have full-time yeah that's what I wanted to ask you about was um, you're not just I mean you are actually doing scientific research on for example how many uh, kinds of animals would have needed to be on the art for example and um, this is not just stuff you're just uh, you're actually using science to validate and uh, confirm what the Bible teaches. And uh, so th- these scientists, uh, what what are they studying? What are they researching in order to, um, you know, show people that the Bible is, God is the, the God of the Bible, but he's also the God of nature and science? Well, let me also say that when people go to our website, answersingenesis.org, we have tens of thousands of articles there, but we also have a research journal that's free. It's called Answers Research Journal. You can actually just do a search and it'll just say like that. They can uh, get to it through our website, Answers Research Journal. And you'll see all sorts of papers dealing with radiometric dating and the Grand Canyon and the kinds, as you were talking about, and all the research. There was years of research by geneticists and biologists into the kinds issue, and all the papers are there. They're all published and they're all peer-reviewed and incredible amount of cutting-edge research. We have a PhD here in astronomy, Dr. Danny Faulkner. We have our own observatory. In fact, as far as we know, it's the best-equipped, biggest Christian observatory for a Christian institution in the world. We have never seen a, a Christian facility have anything like this, and we have a planetarium. We have uh, Dr. David Minton, who has a PhD in cell biology. He taught uh, taught students in medical school for many, many years. Dr. Georgia Purdom is a molecular geneticist, and so she deals with all those issues in regard to DNA and and uh, you know, look research looking at our humans and chimps really similar or what are the differences and showing they're much more different if you look at it properly than than what uh, students are, are taught. We have Dr. Terry Mortensen who has a PhD in the history of geology and Dr. Andrew Snelling who's a PhD in geology from Sydney University done incredible amount of research and ongoing research on the Grand Canyon and on dating methods, radiometric dating methods and we just brought on a PhD paleontologist who studies fossils, Dr. Uh, Gabriella Haynes, and she's from Brazil. She got a PhD in Brazil. 
uh, and uh, we have Dr. Tommy Mitchell and oh, we have a, a number of other uh, people as well. And so we have uh, quite a number of uh, scientists here because what I want people to understand is you know, we want to make sure we are of the highest integrity, have done the best scientific research we can, and we connect with all sorts of Christian scientists that work in the secular arena that help us so that all this information we're given uh, is based upon credible research that's been carefully done so that people know uh, they can trust it. That is fantastic. Again, um, AnswersInGenesis.org, there's so much there that you can use to be able to get a better grip and an understanding of the Bible and biblical history and uh, the science that uh, confirms what the Bible teaches. It's absolutely phenomenal. AnswersInGenesis.org. My guest today is Ken Ham. He's the CEO and founder of Answers in Genesis. If you're in Kentucky, please visit the ARC uh, exhibit. Visit the Creation Museum. They've got all kinds of resources there. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Ken, what's next? Uh, what, what is he going to be building next? So um, stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Hey, thanks for being with us today. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. You're listening to Educate for Life here in San Diego. We are we are going to be airing um, on Sunday. Uh, our radio program on FM 106.1 in North County, KPraise, as well as AM 1210. And then we're also all over the web on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, all those different uh, avenues, uh, social media avenues. And if you are if you enjoy the show or if you didn't get to hear the whole thing, you'll always be able to check out a recording of it. I also have many interviews with other uh, scientists and guests from all over the world, uh, different people doing different things. Recently interviewed uh, Sergio Cariello, who is the uh, artist for the Action Bible, and uh, absolutely phenomenal testimony. Used to work for DC and Marvel, and just a really uh, uh, amazing testimony. And we have all, all kinds of guests that you can look at. Over 100 interviews now with different scientists from all over the world and different people testifying to how Jesus Christ has impacted their lives. My guest today is Ken Ham of Answers in Genesis, and we've been talking all about the Ark Encounter and, and the science behind the Bible and the flood. And, uh, Ken, I wanted to ask you... Um, you know, there's you've you've done so much. Um, what's next? I saw on one of the drawings uh, quite a while ago for the the Ark Encounter. And so in the background, there it looked like the Tower of Babel. There uh, is. Are you going to be building the Tower of Babel next? Well, it's certainly uh, part of our master plan. You know, one of the things that people say over and over again at the Creation Museum and the Ark is it it helps make the Bible come alive. Mm. There's nothing like, you know, seeing a family or many families, in our shuttle buses, because we have a 4,000-space parking lot at the Ark, 
And when they're in the shuttle buses, uh, we take them on a mile ride across a valley to go up to the ark. And when they come around the corner and see the ark for the first time, to hear those wows and uh, hear the kids saying it's so big. Yeah. <laughs> it really makes the Bible come alive and they get a sense of the reality of it. Yeah. I mean, it's there in the Bible, but it's... But to actually build an ark life-size, you know, and it's the same here at the Creation Museum, to walk through the Bible and to actually see life-size dinosaur models and animatronic dinosaurs and to, to experience that. And it, it, it just really helps people to be able to see that and helps parents to be able to teach their children. And so, you know, we don't want to stop. I mean, when we built the Creation Museum, before it was even finished, we were talking about what are we going to do next to impact more people and to, and to help the Bible come alive and, and to help uh, influence coming generations. Well, then we're building Ark. And so we're keeping on adding things outside the Ark and the museum. And so we have a master plan at the Ark where down the road, as the Lord allows, and we keep pushing the edge and stepping out in faith and doing these things, uh, eventually we have on our master plan a Tower of Babel because people ask me, when is that going to be finished? And I tell people, well, it'll never be finished. It was a Tower of Babel, right? That's right. That's right. I was, th- I was thinking, about God might come down and confuse your, confuse all the uh, employees at Answers in Genesis. <laughs> yeah, it might, might do. Uh, and then, and then uh, we, we've also got on the plans a first century village and, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of, uh, dealing with uh, other aspects of the Bible and a ride through the plagues of Egypt, maybe. And, you know, there, there's all sorts of things that we have planned for the future, taking events from the Bible and uh, and and making them come alive. We also want to build a, a restaurant that just, just like... Just like uh, Disney has their character dining, we're going to have character dining. We've got plans for that where you can take your family and we'll have Noah, people who will act as Noah and Noah's sons and wives and so on and come and talk and talk about the flood and life before the flood and after the flood and so on. So we're planning all these things because we, we people more and more are getting very concerned in the culture, where culture is heading. I mean, even the advertisements on television are almost R-rated these days. Mm-hmm. And when, when you see uh, a lot of the movies that are coming out are pushing agendas, like the gay agenda and the abortion agenda and this sort of thing, and parents are looking for family-friendly places they can go uh, so they don't have to worry about what their children see or hear and that it will really teach them the truth. And that's what we do. That's what we do at the Crazy Museum. That's what we do at the Ark. That's why we'll continue adding uh, exhibits, uh, adding themed uh, attractions. Uh, we have 800 acres actually at the Ark, and it's right at an interchange on Interstate 75, which is the second busiest north-south interstate in America. So it's just south of Cincinnati, and the Creation Museum is uh, 45 minutes from there, and it's uh, 10 minutes from the Cincinnati airport. And so they're very easy to get to within a one-day drive of two-thirds of America's population. Uh, of course, on the West Coast, they have to come a little further, but uh, people come. We have many guests who come from California and Texas, and but people come from all over the world, and we want to keep doing this to keep answering those questions. As you said, uh, you know, apologetics, that's what we are. These are actually themed attractions that emphasize apologetics, giving answers what we believe, First Peter 3.15, mm. uh, to be able to give answers. And so they're apologetic centers, but they're fun, they're family-friendly. You know, it was interesting when 
we had uh, some of the biggest and best zipline courses in the Med- Midwest at the Ark and the Creation Museum. And there, there were people who said, well, why why do you even do that? And I said, because Christians can have fun too. Yeah, that's and, right. And not only that, it also attracts non-Christians in to do that sort of thing as well. And they, they're impacted by what they see. So uh, why shouldn't Christians be doing this? You know, mm. why shouldn't we be as good as the world or better and use such attractions because there's different ways that we can present the gospel, provided we never compromise God's Word. Yeah. There's different ways that we can use to communicate God's Word and the gospel to the culture. And that's what we want to do, to be innovative in what ways we can use uh, with you know the, the minds God gave us. And mm. he has brought all sorts of sculptors and artists and fabricators and others to this ministry who want to use their talents for the Lord and are thrilled to do this. So we're going to continue expanding the Ark of the Museum and, and building uh, other attractions. Of course, the Tower of Babel and that's built will also deal with the race issue. We deal with that anyway in the Ark and the Creation Museum, but it'll deal with you know the dispersion of the, the nations through Ham, Shem, and Japheth and uh, around the world. And We've even got books written on that showing, hey, there are names and cultures around the world that go back to the grandsons of Noah. The yeah, Bible's history yeah. is obviously true. I read, uh, I think it was Bodie Hodge's book on that. Uh, right. What blew my mind away, how much you can actually go back in history and through tracing the names and actually um, see historical events and see the historical truth um, that's laid out also in Scripture and the, and the, the, uh, the parallel uh, history there that's happening. Um, you know, I was going to ask you, uh, you know, what concerns you most about American culture currently as far as, you know, you were saying that parents are looking for uh, places to guide their children and, and that are safe, and uh, the, the culture is increasingly skept- skeptical and antagonistic to um, the Bible, it seems. Um, what, are, what are your biggest concerns today with what's happening in the news and everything? Well, let me just say this. This, this might um, be a surprising answer mm-hmm. for, for people, but um, I tell you what I'm most concerned about is the church, because so much of the church has not taught apologetics. So many people have not been equipped to be able to defend the faith. And two-thirds of young people are walking away from the church by the time they reach college age, very few returning. And I believe it's a failure of the church to answer the skeptical questions of the age and what they were taught at school. 90% of kids go to the public schools that have become so secular uh, are basically uh, churches of atheism, by and large, teaching kids an atheistic worldview. And so we've lost those generations from the church. Only 18% of millennials now uh, attend church. And the problem today is we've got much of the church out there saying, well, okay, well, you know, the Bible says, and, and, and trust in Jesus because the Bible says, we have generations who had no longer have a respect for the Bible. They're totally inoculated against the Bible. And what we're saying is, look, if you're going to reach these generations today, you've got to start at a different point. You can't just go out there and say, the Bible says. They don't even know what the Bible is. They don't even, even know why you can trust the Bible or, or you know, what, 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 why should you even consider the Bible? Many of them don't even know what the Bible uh, says. So we've got to start at a different point place and that's one of the reasons why we do what we do with apologetics we for instance we have books called the answers books and we've got five of them 160 of the most asked questions people ask today uh with detailed answers 
because when you're going to witness to somebody today, they're going to bring up, well, science or carbon dating or dinosaurs or, yeah, well, the Bible's just mythology. Well, you can't trust that in a scientific age. We've got to equip people with answers to know how to be able to defend the Christian faith and point those people to the fact the Bible's history is true and then to the fact the gospel based in that history is true. And so that that's an emphasis that we need in our churches. It's an emphasis we need in our own personal lives in regard to bringing up our children and in regard to evangelism. Oh, amen. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's so uh, timely. That message is so important. That's what we have to do. Um, so, uh, you know, the debate that you did with Bill Nye was five years ago. Um, has there ever been a talk of a, of a follow-up uh, a debate? Well, uh, not a follow-up formal debate, uh, but I did do a second debate with uh, Bill Nye, and we call it the second debate. And the day after the ARC opened, the ARC opened on the 7th of July in, uh, 2016, and the day after the ARC opened, Bill Nye came and visited, and he had his video crew with him, and he wanted to video the ARC, and so I agreed to that, provided we could video it too, which we did, and we actually have that on DVD, uncut, or they can go on the website and get that on the Answers in Genesis YouTube channel, and I took Bill Nye through the three decks of the ARC, and there were a lot of young people there on that day, and they followed us around as well, and I was able to challenge Bill Nye all the way through the ark and push him to the consequences of his secular worldview. Mm. You know, what happens when you die, Bill? Well, he says, when you die, you're done. And then talk about, well, then life is purposeless and meaningless. So well, what's the point of you debating me or talking to me? And, and, and you know, asking him questions uh, about that and pushing him to the consequences of his atheism, and I tell you, it was it was a, a really incredible time, and and now with those two debates, the one that I did five years ago formally here at the Creation Museum, and then the informal debate for two hours through the ARC, uh, I don't think Bill Nye will come back and uh, and debate again, and it's sad to see where he's headed and mm. involved in programs on Netflix that are sexually perverse and so on. Yeah, pretty sad to see that. But I tell you what, it opens up a lot of people's eyes, and uh, we continue on. Actually, secularists don't want to debate uh, uh, Christians today, and certainly not creationists. In fact, Bill and I got a lot of criticism from his peers, from the secular world, for debating me. They were angry because they said it allows those creationists to get their message out to the public, and they didn't want that. They, they didn't even want people to hear what we've got to say so they want to close down debate, mm. uh, which that, is that's a statement very... of uh, that's a statement of hey, I, I I'm afraid you may be right. Really, uh, if if you're so afraid of somebody else talking that they can persuade you to the other side, well, that's not a good sign for your your uh, ability to defend yourself, right? Exactly. I mean, you, you think about it. The secularists are so adamant. Kids in public school will not hear anything at all about creation. Look, if evolution was so correct and if it was obvious and fact, why would you be worried about showing them uh, what the creationists are saying? In fact, you would relish it to see say, see how stupid they are. But they want to protect students from even hearing what uh, creationists say because mm. they know once they hear this information, and that's what happens when people come to the Ark and the Creation Museum. I've heard it said many, many times. People have said, I've never heard this before. No one ever told me this before. 
and it challenges their thinking, and they realize evolution is just a belief, it's a mm. religion, and they realize real science actually confirms the Bible. It's a revelation for many people, and it makes them sit up and listen, and listen to God's Word in the Gospel. Mm. Amen. Well, Ken, I just want to thank you so much for being on the program today, and uh, I just thank you for your testimony and your faithfulness to do what God has called you to do, despite the, the obstacles that have been along the way. So thank you for being here. Hey, thanks a lot, Kevin. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, if you didn't get to hear that whole interview, um, feel free to check it out on YouTube, on our podcast, wherever it might be. Um, and I really encourage you, go check out AnswersInGenesis.org. There are so many answers there to the questions you have. You might think you have some obscure question, and then you type it into the search bar, and the answer pops up. So tons of resources there. Visit the ARC exhibit. Visit the museum. You can't go wrong, and uh, ultimately, it's a great thing to share with your friends. It's a great resource to help steer other people towards the truth of God's Word. And uh, stay with us. We're going to have another uh, program up uh, real soon here. So uh, God bless you, and I hope you're having a great day. We'll, t- we'll uh, see you soon. 